The following audio is from LifeHouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or at lifehousechurch.org. For me and my dreams So if there ain't enough room Then you know what that means It means that when it's my time One of us can't leave Yeah, my dreams may die But they ain't dying with me if they gon' die, they gon' die, cause I let them fly. If they gon' die, they gon' die, cause I let them fly. If they gon' die, they gon' die, cause I let them fly. If they gon' die, they gon' die, cause I let them fly. They gon' touch sky, for they ever touch dirt. They gon' touch sky, for they ever touch dirt. They gon' touch sky, for they ever touch dirt. They gon' touch God, for they ever touch dirt. If they gon' fail, they gon' fail in flight. If they gon' fail, they gon' fail in flight. If I'm gon' fail, I'ma fail in flight. If I'm gon' fail, I'ma fail in flight. So let them, let them fly, let them fly, let them fly out of here. Let them fly, let them fly, let them fly out of here. They can fall from a flight, but they will never fade in some fear. Out of here. If you hold it or die in your hands. It's only a dream, it doesn't have wings, so I can't give it no more of my sand. As it sifts through the glass, every hour that it passed can only remind me that only behind me is the only time and that I had a chance. Even though I come too far, and I fought this long, with every scar, become too strong. I sing the stars bow when I speak, and there must be some mistake, cause dreams only come to you when you were sleeping. But look at me, eyes wide awake, and I can't fake like it ain't keeping me up at night. No one I gotta pursue, like it been knowing what I gotta do, like it been knowing since out of the like it's been God has been leaving me clues God you knew it would lead me to you Now I need you the most because I'm so close But something impeded my view I don't want to die holding on to what could have been Asking like what if I just made a move Then I'll never know if it's only a dream I know it's a dream coming true But ever since birth I knew It's what I'm on this earth to do But if it's all a dream my nightmare would be That I'll never see it through When you look back on your life Yeah you may have regrets of mistakes, of wrong choices, of failures, but your deepest regrets won't be the things that you did, but the things that you never did that you know you should have. The dreams that you never gave a chance to fly simply because you were too afraid that you'd fail. Why? Why does why does that F word <clears throat> scare us so much? The, just, just the idea that we could fail at something has the power to freeze our lives, to pause our progress, to halt our hopes. Just the idea that we could fail at something can keep us from growing, changing, 
It can keep us from pursuing a lifelong dream. It can hold us back from becoming the person that we know we're supposed to be. It can hold us back from becoming the person that God has called us to be. So why does it scare us so much? The, the short answer is the idea of failure scares us because failure hurts. At, at least it's embarrassing. And that embarrassment and that humiliation from a failure can steal our confidence. It can lie to us about our self-worth. God forbid in this day and age, if your failure gets caught on video, it will live forever on social media. You can become a meme, ask your kids. And so what we do to make sure that a failure doesn't happen to us is we stay um, safe. Yeah, we stay safe. We stay safe on our couch. We stay safe at our cubicle. We stay, I'm gonna air quote this, we stay safe in an unhealthy relationship. We stay safe and that's the best way to avoid failure. And here's the safest truth I can give you. That freezing your life, pausing your progress, never taking another step forward, never risking anything again is already a fail. And really, it's the worst kind of failure because the failure that happens when you attempt, it happens. Okay, boom. Once the failure happens, it now has a limited jurisdiction back here. It's only allowed to now live in the past. That's why it called, it's called past tense because once a failure happens, it's allowed to set up camp in a nice little tent back here in the past. That's its only place it's allowed to live. But the failure of never attempting, trying, risking, that failure, mm, it has unlimited access to you. It has no shelf life other than your very own. That failure is allowed to follow you around all of your life, haunting and taunting you, something like this, using words like, you, you coulda, you shoulda, too late. Just like that quote, a failure that you never even gave a chance to come into existence will follow you all the way to your last days. And failure can absolutely hurt. I mean, it is, it, it, it's painful. And, and let me break it down here. There's, there's, there's two that I'm talking about today. There's two kinds of failure. There's the one that follows me around like every football season. I can vividly remember dropping like passes that would have like changed the game. And I dropped them. I failed, I dropped the ball. I made a mistake. I wasn't good enough or I wasn't confident enough. I mean, maybe my time wasn't ready. It wasn't, whatever. There's those kind of failures where it, things just happen. You drop the ball. All right, okay. So there's, there's that right there that sometimes things just didn't go right, but then there's the failure that we failed to do right. It was a fail in our morals, our character, our judgment. Our, our righteousness. Righteousness means how we look right 
before God. And there's actually a term that we use in the Bible that describes that, that fail of righteousness is called sin. Sin is actually like a, it's almost like an archery term. It's a target. Sin means that there was a bullseye that means you did right by God and we missed. We failed. And uh, we have some of those. We have both kinds of failures in our past. And we remember them. We, we, even though they live back here, we go back and visit them every now and then. How y'all doing over here at the camp? How y'all, how, how's my failures doing? Good to see you. <laughs> remember, oh, I remember when I, they, we go back, but they live back there. And since they live back there, we go, well, you're the last camp that I'm ever going to create of past tense failures. So moving forward, there will be no moving forward. We allow those failures to completely pause our lives, halt what we could be or become. We, we, we come to this equation that the only way to never experience failure, failure again is to not experience anything at all. So if you, if you drove here today in a Honda or a Ford, I don't know about the other name brands of vehicles, but there's probably a similar stories connected in these two, but so Shiro Honda, he was ostracized from the Japanese business community. They thought that his innovation was ridiculous. You fast forward to today, a Honda is how I normally get to work. Today I'm driving my wife's Volkswagen, but uh, normally I get here in a Honda. If you got here today in a Ford, Henry Ford ruined his reputation because all that people knew is that he had two failed automobile company attempts. Two failed. Couldn't find people to work with him because of those failures, and yet, some of you got here today in a Ford. And all my Chevy people said, amen. Be nice. <sighs> Before any of us downloaded Disney Plus, Walt was a Disney minus. He was fired from the paper that he worked for because they said he lacked creativity. They said that she would never be fit for TV. She was fired from the news work, that she, from the TV network that she worked for, and yet today, she owns her own Oprah Winfrey network. We're here at a church and uh, one of the people that you can thank for the church's existence, probably the main person you can thank for the church, as far as human only goes, that you can thank for the church's existence, it was a guy who attempted to walk on water and sank, fail. Bailed on Jesus in one of his darkest moments, fail. And yet, here we are. So something's not measuring up here, guys that we, we're not, we, the only way to not experience failure again is to never experience anything at all. That's, that's not adding up. See, what Peter, that's who, that's who that was. Peter's the one, one of the main people we can thank for the start of the church. What he came to believe in, what all those other people I mentioned eventually came to believe is that failure isn't final. It's inevitable. It is. It hurts. It's embarrassing. It's humiliating, sometimes even shameful. But that does not mean that it's 
final. That it gets to be the last thing that we're remembered for. That, that, fail, that, the, that our last failure is the one thing that people have to remember us by all that we'll ever be able to achieve. No, it's not. And it should never keep us from dreaming about what our lives could be. No, what these people did was they decided that they could actually face this. They could face a failure. And so today, what Spence is gonna do with you in this room is we're gonna face our failure. Now let me make it easy on you because some of you are about to get, no, he ain't talking about me today, shoot him. Listen, let me make it easy, okay? I know this is a big task, so let me, I have a volunteer who's willing to give us a failure of theirs to face first. Let's point, oh, look at that, oh my God. Like there, 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 it always helps us to point elsewhere before we point back here, right? Okay, well, this person's willing to let us do that. And I'm not talking about someone that we'll never get to meet, like Oprah, unless you have met Oprah, let me get a car. Like, I'm, not, I'm not talking about that. No, 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 I, I'm talking about one of our own. Of our own. If you have not already had the pleasure to meet Lifehouse, I would like to introduce you to Anira. So my name is Anira. I've been at Lifehouse since 2018, and my history with addiction started at 11 years old. Prior to that, I had faced sexual abuse as well as I was dealing with emotional and mental abuse. Like, I had the lowest self-esteem. I just didn't like the way I was. I would hear negativity in my environment that I was growing up in. My father was absolutely incredible and amazing angel, but the environment wasn't the healthiest. He didn't have any form of addiction at all, but I would see him occasionally drink alcohol, and I remembered him on this particular day just talking about, oh, you know, this calms me down. And in my mind, I was like, I wonder if that'll calm me down. One day when he was away at work, um, he had alcohol in the house and I experimented it and that one day led to an addiction with so much horrible things that had to happen. Drinking at school, you know, drinking at work as I got older, that led to like toxic relationships. I wasn't okay, you know, but I was acting like, oh, you know, I knew how to play the game. I knew how to go to work, go to school and act like things were fine. My turning point for me to say like, I have to stop this was at 24 years old when I was married at the time to my son's father. We had talked about starting to plan um, to have a, you know, have a kid. And those, all these thoughts and actions and behaviors that I absolutely had that was horrible led me to say like, I need to stop this immediately. I did, I stopped that day which was in September of 2006 and then I ended up replacing it with food. Because I didn't work through my trauma, I went from alcohol addiction to food addiction. When I got pregnant with my son, I was not a Christian immediately. And on August 23rd, 2008, um, I was married to my son's father at the time. It was leading me back to a pattern that was very unhealthy, toxic, and very dangerous for my son and I. And I left, and I remember sitting in a parking lot. I'm like, I don't know what this looks like, but I'm just gonna talk to God. I'm like, God, if you're real, Please help me get back to my parents' home. Man, what a fail. Anir felt like a failure. And swirling in her mind and in her world, 
were all these realities, some were very real, real, either external or internal of the truth about where she had failed at life. And they were overwhelming to the point that more than one time in her life, she questioned her life. Failure has the power to do that to us. But in the midst of all those lies of hopelessness, I'm, I'm gonna say that now and I'm gonna say it again later on in this message, lies of hopelessness about our failure. There's, there's absolutely truth in our failure, 100%, but there's also lies. And in the midst of all that loud noise of her failure being final, another voice arose in her. Probably a whisper that was still heard through the noise of all of her failure. And it said, what if this doesn't have to be it? What if? What if God? Two people I want to show you today in Scripture that are a good picture of the divide that she was in. Failure being final and what if? Are Peter, I already mentioned Peter, and Judas. I know we don't talk about Bruno, but we are today. We don't, we don't, we don't talk about Judas. And, and, and when we talk about him today, be careful careful don't don't judge too harshly we we probably have more in common with even him than what we would care to admit so just, just be careful okay so if you're not sure who I'm talking about when I say Judas um, Jesus is the reason why we are here we believe in the God who is God the Father and the Son and the Spirit. I know even that theology right there may be too big to understand, but let me just break it down as simple as the same way that you and I are a physical body and a mind and a spirit, our God is a God the Father. And, and Jesus is the physical human expression of him here on earth. And his spirit moves even now as Jesus physically is not present. Jesus came here to this planet on a mission for us. And um, along the way, he started a ministry teaching people how to live, teaching people how to hit the mark of God's right, which we still, he knew we would still eventually fail, again, which was part of his mission. While he was here, he rubbed some people the wrong way. There was a religious system that existed before Jesus hit the ground, and um, they didn't like Jesus because they all wore their hat forward, and Jesus was hat to the back. Okay, Spencer. Meaning, that's not why I wear my hat backwards, but yes it is. But, but, but meaning, meaning that Jesus flipped everything they knew upside down. And they did not like it. So they wanted to get rid of him. Along the way, Jesus brings in people to follow him as disciples. Judas was one of them. Judas is the one who sets Jesus up for money. Um, he goes to the ones, the chief priests and the elders, the ones who want Jesus arrested. He goes to them and he says, I, I, I can deliver him to you. Why? I, let's speculate. And here's where you put yourself in the shoot. Was it greed? I've been greedy before. I've been greedy towards God. Was it fear? I don't really know. I, people are starting to hate this guy. I don't want to catch it too. It's like when you were a kid, as long as you ran and told mom and dad first what both of y'all did, you won't get in trouble. You know what, I mean? you know what I'm saying? That never worked, but you still try. Because you can get your story out first. 
Maybe it was that. I don't know. But for whatever reason, he, he betrays Jesus for 30 pieces of, for some lunch money. He snitches on Jesus. He takes the leaders to where he's at. He points out who Jesus is. And they arrest Jesus. Now, that's Judas. While the arrest is happening, Peter, Peter swears that he is Jesus' ride or die. His road dog. I got your back from here to the ends of the earth. Okay, like, while Jesus is getting arrested, Peter takes out a sword. He goes ninja turtle and, like, slices some guy's ear off. All right? Jesus heals. He tells Peter to chill out. And I have a thought about why Peter went overboard on this thing. Just stay with me for a minute. This is my thought. This is my thought. I really think that Peter had to go extra in that moment because prior to this moment, Jesus warns him of a failure that's coming his way. He tells him, Pete, listen, I know you think you got my back from here to the ends of the earth, but before this night is over, before the rooster wakes everybody up the next morning, you're going to act like you don't even know me. What? I'm not, like Peter said, no way. Never. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? So I feel, I feel like in that moment, he was like, see, Shh, you ain't touching Jesus. And, and he slices his ear. Was that precision or pathetic? Like, was he going for his jugular? Or was he really like, like you know, blindfolded? You know, that? I, don't, I don't know. I really think it was just kind of like him just, ah. But anyway, I, I really think he was trying because knowing that he saw this failure coming, he's like, no way, I'm, no way I'm doing that. All right, let's go back to Judas. Judas finds out just what he's done. He finds out the severity of what he's put Jesus in. Let me show you in scripture, we're in, we're gonna be in Matthew, we're gonna be in Luke, and we're gonna be in John. I should have had a scripture from Mark. Oh, well, we're gonna be in Matthew 27, verses three and four right here to start off. Verse three, when Judas had betrayed him, when Judas who had betrayed him saw that Jesus was condemned, this wasn't just, he handed Jesus over to get arrested, and now he's got six months probation, he can't preach the word. They want him dead. Now it starts to set in with Judas, just what he's done. Don't you love that feeling when you realize just what you've done? He was seized with remorse. And he returned, I feel like, like I, I can't, you know, I, I just see this scene, maybe it's a movie scene, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm a movie junkie. Like, I just see him like holding the money and just visualizing like, it's bloody, the blood money. I, I betrayed Jesus' blood with this He returns the pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders. I have sinned, there's that word. I missed the mark. Not only that, I just turned it. If we were to rank historical failures, this is pretty high. You, 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 you ratted out Jesus. Don't judge him. <laughs> I have sinned, for I have betrayed innocent blood. Judas felt like, listen to these words. I know you've heard them. Judas felt like I have messed up so bad. There is no going back. There's no going back. Thoughts, lies of hopelessness, 
tragedy about Judas is that this overwhelming sense of his failure being final eventually did lead to his demise. His failure was final. And this is why I said we can't judge Judas, y'all, because we, we have had ending failures at, at our choice. I messed up in this relationship this way. That's it. There's no going back. There's no fixing this. I'm just, it's got to end. Relationship done, sorry. Normally, that kind of thing leaves a trail, by the way. I can't tell my boss. I'm here for seven years. If he knew what I, no, I, I can't. I can't. There's no way to face this. I don't, I don't need forgiveness. I need indeed. I'm, I quit. I'll, I'll just find another job. I let my team down. I failed, and it cost them. I can't face that. No, there's no way. I, 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 I'll, quit. I'll quit. That's what I'll do. I'll quit. I don't belong here. I'm, I'll go. I'm, I'm done. Some of us have walked away from, from God. We, we've, we've walked away from God because of a, a failure against him or on his behalf or at him or his people that there's no going back. Your life group texts you and you ghost them. You don't come to church online campus. I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. Some of you are watching right now and you wish you were here and you won't come because something happened here. You did something, said something, acted a certain way. We won't listen to worship music because if I hear it, it'll just make me cry because I know I don't hang with God no more. It's done. That's why I said we can't judge Judas, y'all. Because we do this. We let our failure become final. We make one mistake that we say, I'm sorry, there's no going back. There's nothing that can be done. This failure has to be the point of parting. Peter felt like this too. Let's go into what Peter did, okay? Do we know what Judas did? Meanwhile, let's go back to Peter. Let's check in on Peter because he messed up too. Luke chapter 22, verse 54. Then seizing him, they led him away and they took him into the house of the high priest. He's talking about Jesus. Jesus is arrested. Peter safely follows from a distance. Don't get too close. You could end up in cuffs too. Stay back. Followed at a distance. And when some there had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, this man was with him. Y'all don't know what you're talking about. No, I don't know him. But he denied it. Well, I don't know him. A little later, someone else saw him. Hey, Brian, I follow you on Instagram. I know you. You being in pictures with Jesus. You said, I said, no, no, no. Bro, you got the wrong account. You got me twisted like my hair. No, nah, that's not me. You don't know me. You are also one of them. Man, I'm not, Peter replied. About an hour later, another one asserted, yo, yo. I know this dude was with Jesus. He's one of them. He was a Galilean. Peter replied, and listen, in this translation, it don't say it, but in another translation, he starts cussing. Remember I said F words? He starts cussing. 
bro, I don't know what you're talking about. Got to prove his point. I don't know. I don't know Jesus. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. <laughs> I never really like paid attention to this line until now. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. It had to be this face right here. <laughs> Ride or die, huh, Pete? <laughs> Parents, that's a meme. <laughs> Watch, watch. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken. Reality set in about what he had done. Before the rooster crows today, you would disown me three times and you went outside and you wept bitterly. I'm telling you, he was feeling exactly like Judas. He felt exactly like Judas. Same pain, same failure, and probably the same finality that, that, that this failure should bring. And Peter didn't want his relationship with Jesus to end. He didn't want his dream for Jesus to end. Jesus gave him the dream that you would be the one that starts my church. Peter was a fisherman. And he said, no more. Now I'm going to upgrade you to fishing for people. You're going to bring people to me. You will start the church. He didn't want that to end. He didn't want that to be final. But now here's the problem. Even if he didn't want that to be the case, now it's too late. Because Jesus' arrest would lead to worse. Jesus was beaten, whipped. His, his body just torn. I don't even like to look at, like when they take blood, I don't like a needle going in me, y'all. And they drove stakes into his arms, into his feet. They, they, they tacked him up on a cross like a, like a piece of jerky hanging out to dry. They, they crucified him. Jesus hangs on that cross suffering until he dies. Once he was dead, they buried him. They put him in a tomb like anybody that dies. Now, we saw some of the mistakes that happened at the hands of people on behalf of Jesus. You guys need to know this. Jesus came here with knowing all this would happen. His life wasn't unjustly taken from him. Not by those people, but by all of us. The whole reason Jesus had to suffer that death was because that sin failure that we have to God has an eternal death sentence. And we don't like to talk about that, not in today's society, no, but it's true. But the better part about that truth is that Jesus was not okay with that happening to us. So he'd rather take the place for our sin penalty than us to have to get it. Jesus' death was so that we could ask him for forgiveness for all of our failures. All of them. All of them. Even the ones at him.
which really is all of them. And just to prove to us that not only could we have forgiveness, but have more, God flips the final. There's nothing more final than death. That's it. There's nothing more than that. And God flips the final of Jesus' death because on the Sunday morning after his death, people went looking for him and the tomb was empty. His body was gone. Until this very day, people would try to tell you that his disciples stole it. No, they didn't. But God did. God stole Jesus' body back from hell, back from death, back from the grave. He brought him completely back to life. Now, the God who can flip the final with death, you think he can't make light work of our failures? Jesus raises from the dead and he goes to his disciples. When he eventually finds Peter and John, they're back on the boat doing what they used to do. They're fishing. They spot Jesus on the shore. Peter cannonballs into the water. Shout out to everybody getting baptized today. <laughs> Now you Brookside girls, no cannonballs. We can't, I was, just, I was just saying that. We got equipment and microphones, y'all can't do that. Gonna... Jesus meets them on the shore and sits down and has a conversation. A very important conversation, particularly with Peter. This conversation is one that many of us know about and we fear it the same way we, feel, we fear failure. But it's so beautiful. Watch this conversation that they have. In John 21, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, I love you. I love you. You know that I love you. Jesus said, okay, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes. Yes, Lord, you, you know, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. A third time, Jesus said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt. I want to come back to that. Peter was hurt. Because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Listen, what was happening here is Jesus was making Peter face his failure, but failure can be faced with God's grace. That's how you face it. That's how you face it. You face it with God's grace. Three times, Peter had denied Jesus. So the, facing his failures three times, Jesus asked him, okay, do you love me? That was not Jesus getting even. That's not what that was. This wasn't helping him face what he had done. This was not Jesus getting payback. This was Jesus paying it forward into Peter's future. He was telling him, Peter, that's why every time he asked him, do you love me? He said, feed my lambs, feed my sheep, take care of my sheep. Because he was saying, this, it's a church, we're the sheep. He was saying, I still believe that you are the one that I want to start my church. Failure or not, I still believe in you. I still want you to do it. 
And yeah, I know you had a failure, but we're gonna turn your denial of me into your destiny of me. And, and the reason why I said that is that Peter was hurt because it is going to hurt when you face your failure. When you look them in the eye and cry and try to muster up the words, I'm sorry, I know I did this. Oh, it's gonna hurt but it ain't gonna hurt nearly as bad as the hug afterwards is gonna feel. I know it hurts to face your failure, but what Jesus did with Peter is he turned the pain of what he did into the passion for what he's going to do. Not only can we face failure with God's grace, our failure, can be a foundation for future. That's why three times, three denials, and I don't worry about that. We're gonna, we're gonna use those as three landmarks for you to show your love for me. And not only, not only would Peter probably never deny Jesus again, no, just the opposite. Peter would eventually go on to give his life for Jesus, for the church. You talk about foundation of failure into future. Anira didn't want her failure to be final. And that's why in that moment, in that car, she said, what if? What if it doesn't have to be final? What if, God, let's find out, what if? Out of the blue, the security guard, you know, came near um, my car door, was banging on the door, and I just started bawling. And he was like, are you okay? And I was like, actually, I'm not okay. I'm like, I was just praying to God, you know, I need to get to Georgia, I have money for gas. And he told me, I can actually drive with you as far as I can till you're with the highway you need to be at. And he truly did. And at that moment, I was like, God, you're real. I went to church that day and I gave my life to God in that car. And I marked off everything they had at church and said, I wanna learn more about this Jesus. You know, my faith continued to grow and but i wasn't fully healed what really woke me up from that was my father's passing was a very unexpected passing we found out 24 hours before he was at meredith that he was going to pass away and my first thought was like i want to numb the pain as i'm sitting in the um, parking lot of the liquor store all of a sudden i actually see a picture of um, my loved ones just pop up out of the blue and at that very moment i clicked out of my self-pity and everything i was going through and I was just like, what am I doing? Here I am in a liquor store and I looked and I'm like, my daughter's in the car seat. I was gonna ready to give up everything just for me to numb the pain that I was going through. I was able to drive back home, come to my senses and I got on my knees and I prayed and I was just bawling and I was like, God, you saved me. There's so many people who suffering like I am. I gotta help other people. I decided at that very moment that I was gonna dedicate it to, you know, wanting to save others that had experienced same kind of trauma I did. And at that very moment, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna go all in. And that's kind of how our um, Broken and Safe group got started. Everybody's welcome. And if you don't have an addiction and you just wanna learn more about it, you're welcome too, because sometimes if we don't know, we need to learn. We need to educate ourselves. And if you're ready to get help today, please call me, please reach out to somebody. It doesn't have to be me. Just reach out to someone that cares about you and get the help you need. We don't want to lose anybody any longer, and we need to change our county. And for that permanent solution, we need to do the whole recovery process, which is having God in our life, having a licensed therapist that's helping us work through the trauma. That's truly 
what helped me overcome um, a lot of the behaviors. And I'm still a work in progress, you know, and I probably will be a work in progress for the rest of my life. But I look back and I'm like, wow, God, you helped me overcome my food addiction as well as my alcohol addiction. Did you hear her passion? That used to be a pain? Used to be a pain of addiction. She now has been flipped into this passion to fight against this thing? Wow, that's a God that flips. I wish I could do backflips, y'all. You begin to show today. Every time I say flip, I'll just God will flip it. Listen, at some point in time during Anir's journey, she had this moment where she talks to God and one of the specifics that she talked to God about was she, she had a conversation with Jesus. She asked Jesus to forgive her of her sins and her failures. She told him that she believed that he was here for real and died on that cross for her and that just simply to have everything he was willing to give needed a, a heart of heart, yes. Yes, I believe and yes, Jesus, I want it. And will you flip my failure into future with you? You're not allowed to leave today if you know you gotta have that same discussion with Jesus today. Online, here in my campus, do you need to do that today? Do you need to give Jesus your failure and receive his forgiveness and his grace? Let him be your Lord, your King. I'm gonna ask you a question. Do you believe that Jesus did all of that for you? If your answer is yes, say it to God right now. Yes. Jesus, I believe and I want it, yes. And please, if you say yes today, let me know. It, it, particularly, it's me. Like, it, if, if you scan the QR code that's coming up, I will get to know. Online, if you tell someone, if you tell Amanda is our host, if you tell her, she will give you the information that, or she'll give me your information, I will reach out to you. If you here at the campus, if you guys can't, I'm gonna be the one that's going to call you this week and just welcome you into the family of God. If that's too big of a step for you, that's cool. Tell somebody that you trust. Our prayer team is gonna be here, but in the service, if you, if you need prayer, you can tell them, that you, but please let somebody know you said yes to Jesus today. Because when we have the power of God, the grace of Jesus, the fear of you failing is not allowed anymore to hinder who you are supposed to become. You want some news? You will fail again. You will. But that failure does not have to be final. And when it feels like your failures are plummeting out of the sky, pulling you down with it, you pull on the cord of God's grace and he will land you safely back where you belong. So go get it. Take your step. Go after it. Go become. Don't you sit when you should be going. If you're going to fail, at least fail in flight. Do not fail sitting frozen in fear. Today, one of the best pictures that we get to celebrate of failure being flipped into future is right here. It's baptism. In just a moment, we have people that are going to get in this tank. And what you're going to see, if you've never seen this, is we're going to dunk them. 
in the same way that Jesus died and was buried and rose again, this is a picture of our belief in that and also the symbol of our life before Jesus back there. And we're moving forward in him all the way to eternity. This isn't the, this is special to watch, but this isn't the moment. The moment is the one we just did. When you say, yes, I believe. And by the way, if that's you, if you said yes today, and if you're here at the campus, because this only applies to you, unless you want to hightail it here before the next service online, if you're in our region, you can get baptized today. This is a symbol of the decision that you've made in Jesus. And you don't have to wait. We have clothes. We have towels. We have unmentionable items for ladies. We have everything you need so that you have to remove all the excuses and not do this today if you know you should get baptized today. We'll sign you up for the next service. If that's you, you tell our team at Next Steps, you hang around, you get in the water next service. But listen, Lifehouse, this is why we do what we do. This is it. So when they come up out of that water, you know you got to make all kind of heavenly noise. As a matter of fact, let's give it a test right now. Make some noise. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.